0: Hey, it's Shane here. Throughout the majority of my career, I spent thousands of hours on my technique to try to be as close to perfect as I could be. But the one thing I didn't work on was my mental skills, on the exact mindset I needed every ball to be able to access all of my technical skills that I worked so hard to develop. Well, I've recently released my book, Winning the Inner Battle. Which has all of the information that you will ever need to deeply understand how you can create the correct mindset for you so that you can bring the best version of yourself every time you step out into the middle. Go to shamewatson.au to purchase a copy of Winning the Inner Battle Now. It is available in paperback, ebook, or audiobook versions. Well, it's now time for your episode of Lessons Learned with the Greats. Enjoy. My
1: daughter. What she went through and how she just keeps bouncing back. Like, i look at her sometimes and just think, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, the the way you bounce back, the the positive attitude, it just makes you want to be a better person.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lessons Learned with the Greats. I'm Shane Watson, and today we are joined by a guy who charted a near identical path to what I did. And with this, we shared so many very special memories together on and off the cricket field. <laughs> this New South Wales and Australian great took 270 test dismissals in his 66 test matches and he scored four test hundreds to go with it. Brad Haddon, thank you so much for taking time to be on my show. It's a great introduction. Thanks, what? I, it's a pleasure. <laughs> You're welcome. Hads had to initially bide his time behind Australia's best ever keeper batsman, Adam Gilchrist, and then once he finally got his permanent opportunity in all formats of the game for Australia... He certainly made hay while the sun shone. To go with had 66 test matches that he played, he also played 126 one-day internationals as well as 34 T20 internationals. There are so many highlights that I have of you, had's and the incredible things that you achieved during your career, but one that really stands out to me above all others was your 136 in the first Ashes test of the Gabba in the 2010-2011 series where you put on a 307 with Mr Cricket, my cussy, to get us out of the dire situation that we found ourselves in during that first innings. What are your memories of that amazing innings? I think my memories
1: are the the theatre that leads into an Ashes campaign. I know every test match is the same and we say the right things around that, but the theatre behind an Ashes campaign to me was different, especially when you started to – enjoy the change room with Haydos and Ponting and guys like that, how much emphasis they put on an Ashes campaign. So I just remember leading into the series just being so excited. Um, then when the opportunity came up to bat with Mr Cricket for that time, I, I was just enjoying the moment. Being At the first Test matches of the summer, you know how good a record we have at the Gabba. Uh, and spending that time out there with Mr Cricket, that, that also was a different experience as well because we all know Huss, and, and, and you, we know him as well as anyone. He's one of the best teammates you ever play with, and mate, he's one of the best players we've ever played with. But out in the middle sometimes, like the, the intenseness in the wicket, uh, it was oh, that's what I enjoyed about the time with him. I, I remember he said, what are we going to do here, Hads? I don't think I can play here. Can you bat at the other end? I'm going, Huss, I haven't played that much test cricket. What, like, are we right here? But, and
0: just as the Indians got on, just enjoying the time out there with him. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful thing about Huss even if you're going to bat and there's been times when you're going to bat and he's like 80, 80 off 80 balls and you are going to say, how are you going, mate? Like, What's, how's the week going? He yeah. goes, mate, I'm struggling. I'm yeah. not sure if I can score a run. I'm trying to like – I think they're going to get me out this way. You're like, yeah. mate, you're smoking him. What are yeah. you talking about? But that's the thing that kept him, kept him going, wasn't it? Mate, one of the, I remember
1: because you batted with him in the middle order in one day is so we had a really good partnership in Malaysia. And he was on fire and everything. I walked out to the wicket and I said, Oh, what's going on? He goes, He's swinging in, but he's nipping it away as well. This bug's going the other I said, Huss, I'm gone. I can't face that. He goes, What do you mean? I said, Mate, you've just told me swinging into me, jagging it away from me. He said, Just watch your ball. I'm struggling at this. And if you can get down, then he hit 16 off the over and come back and you would say the same. But that's a beauty you've learned to to bat with someone, that was the way, that was his nervous energy. Um, but to me, it was just, there was just good fun um, yeah. batting with someone like him. He was so good at his game and, and what happened in the middle of the wicket, if people could hear that, oh, they'd, they'd just think, God, these guys aren't normal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and just going back to that moment again as well, like the to be able to do what you did against those, you know, high quality, uh, world-class English bowling attack, to be able to, gosh, like halt the momentum that was there and, Direct it, like change it around, just about straight away, and then hold it for as long as you guys did. Oh, that was that was very special, and I know that's what you always dream of <laughs> being able to do that to the English. But to be able to actually do it, you and Mike, um, that partnership was must have been incredibly special to be able to actually you know to achieve.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, and I think part of my batting, um, not always, it, it was pretty. Um, but one thing I did enjoy most about it was change the momentum of the game. I used to think that was the role of the wicketkeeper. I know following Gilly, he he was a different breed. We we can sit down and have a beer and discuss for hours the best players we've ever played or the modern era or ever to play the game. And and Gilly's name comes in that conversation. Mm. So for me, it wasn't trying to be what he wasn't trying to be, Adam Gilchrist. It was trying to put my identity on how how I played. And one of the things I like to do, I like to move the momentum of the game. I, I like to get shifts and, and get the team back on top and in in front of the game. So And that was one of those days. We had to – I remember facing Broad and Anderson for a spell and, and not ha- having much bat on ball at all and thinking, Huss, how are we going to get through this next session? But after the momentum changed a little bit there, we got through it. They got a bit tired. We were allowed to move the game forward. And, and that's the enjoyable thing about
0: Test Cricket. And, and even more important, it was, it was great fun doing it against the English. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, had you achieved so many incredible things um, on the cricket field during your career? So looking back now, is there one or two highlights of your career that really stands out to you the most?
1: Yeah, there's two. Um, the Ashes here at home, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, you won five nil, but uh, it's not the five nil scorers. To me, it was the group of players that we did it with. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it was the same eleven all the time, and, and we'd copped a pound, you know, over the years to not win an, an Ashes campaign and. And that, as much as you don't come out and say it publicly, that, that eats away at you. And, and we all had the same feelings. And I know leading into the, the series, we're all in a really good space. Even like you're having coffee and dinner together, we all had that same hunger just that whatever we need to do, we just need to win an Ashes series. <laughs> and and to do that with that group um, was, was special. Um, then on the flip side, the 2015 Ashes, um, that to me – was a really special one as well. It was at home, a World Cup. And the theatre behind that, the way the Australian public got behind us, mm. um, I, I remember that roar when we got Brendan McCullum out. Mm. Um, and that, that was a great plan by um, Craig McDermott, actually, and mm. Mitchell Stark to do it. But everyone got behind us um, in that campaign. We had a lot of time during um, games, but we spent a lot of time together enjoying what was happening at the time. So those two, uh, by far, everything's special, but those two by far were the standout. And it was more with the people you played with. Yeah. It was the same group was sort of came through and we deserved a bit of success. Yeah. Um, and to get that with that group was a special thing.
0: Yeah, agree. Those those two are my favourite memories of my yep. career as well. You're absolutely right. And that that World Cup in 2015, like it was with that Ashes in in um, 2013 14 as well, as if it was for me the first time, and the times it really felt that the whole nation yep. was behind every single person, whether that was the, the playing group who were in the eleven yep. or even the you know the, the guys on the side as well. It was a really special feeling. You yep. wish it was like that all like every single time.
1: Yeah, I think that the special dealing with that way and the Australian public understood the group you had together, you're all hungry for success, we want exactly the same thing as the Australian public yeah. want, we're doing our best to do it and and, and that was our moment in time to shine yeah. um, and that's what it made it so enjoyable, yes um, we got wickets here, someone got runs but it was more it was, it, the laughter after the games in the change room and, and just the whole theatre behind it all, that, that's what I enjoyed most about it and yeah. And one of our great mates as well, Mitchell Johnson, had a good series. Mm. But yes, he bowled well and intimidated everyone. But to me, it was the mo, the <laughs> smile on his face the whole time. I mean, he just enjoyed yeah. the whole series,
0: so yeah. that's what made it so enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Special times. You wish you could pause those two moments yeah. in particular that, that that day walking around the s c g after yeah. that Ashes series five nil, the World yeah. Cup and final MCG yeah. after we'd won it. Yeah. Oh pause that and be there for a long time. (laughs) I really want to kick things off and dig into the technical side of career that I I know you know um, incredibly well. So, um, Hads, I saw you work incredibly hard throughout your career um, to become the world-class keeper that you were. So from a keeping perspective, was there one or two specific technical components that you developed? And once you nailed them, you knew you were going to be consistently at your best?
1: Yeah, I was lucky. Um, when I started my career for New South Wales, I had Steve Rickson. Um, and, and Stumper was a real hard taskmaster of the game, but he also loved talking about the craft of wicketkeeping. Mm. Uh, and to me, coming from um, Inn and Canberra, you didn't have the exposure to a lot of those coaches. So I, I latched onto that pretty quick. And, and one thing I, I took out of that, we all have our different techniques and things like that, but the reason I trained mine so hard and, and the one thing with my keeping, that that's what I prided myself on as a, a cricketer. I wanted to be the best keeper in the in the world. I wanted to be able to stand up to the stumps to to a McGill or a Nathan Lyon and and be really effective there. But why I did all that um, technical work and things is for those big moments under pressure. I, I didn't want to get out in the middle of a Test match or in the Shield game the last day keeping to McGill and start to second guess my technique. Mm. And I think that's what Test cricket to to me was about making sure that you. You were ready for those big moments, so you didn't have any demons in your head, second guessing your preparation. Have I done enough? Can, can I stand up to this? And and all that work there was about making sure technically, once I got under pressure, I didn't think about my technique.
0: So in the lead up to those, that like to that game, for example, to a test match, what were the technical like things that you like just ticked off before before the game? Was yep. it was it like a checklist that you just worked through to make sure these these things were exactly where you needed to be?
1: Yeah, you normally worked in a three-day prep. So the the two days, the the first two days, I'd work pretty hard on my keeping. What I'd work on is, there, is making sure my body height was right. right. Um, I was driving hard out of my my glutes. I, I wasn't running um, after the ball. I was, I was using that power position to to get in the right position. Yeah. And the other one was making sure. Um, with the spinners, I'd done all my drills so i make sure I was staying down, I was taking my head to the ball and all, all the other stuff then I'll react to in the game but it was all that technical side of the um, game that I did in that next that two days. The day before the game, that was just bat v ball. Um, mm-hmm. I was just watching the ball, catching the slips and getting all the work there but once I'd done all my technical stuff, my body position was right, my head and that were in the right spot, the, the two days leading in then was just about bat v ball.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for you, the two real keys that you worked on, whether it's keeping up the stumps or keeping back, one was your your body, body height yep. to make sure you're keeping that low. And what you said there, um, keeping back was making sure that you're powering, not sort of like running, like to be able to take the ball.
1: Yeah. The, the one other thing was making sure I was staying front on. I, sometimes the wicket keeper, your weight can go onto your back of your heels and mm. then your bum can come up. Mm-hmm. But my big thing was making sure my, my weight was on the ball and my feet. I had a square position with my glutes, so I was able to drive out. Because if you stand up tall, then you lose all your power. So mm. you don't want to be diving from um, high to low. You want to be diving from low, mm. so using the power. So that was my big thing was making sure I was in a power position all the mm. time. And if I was turning my glutes on and pushing my first meter in my step, everything was fine.
0: And the other thing you talked about was um, your head position, yeah, and yeah. making sure it was that your head was right over the ball.
1: Yeah, it was just was yeah. making sure my head was going towards going the ball. Towards the ball yeah. And the one thing you say to kids now, yeah. if you're reading a book, you don't grab your book and put it up the side of your head. You yeah. you have it in front of you. So my head and my feet were working mm. together. I was ready to go for yeah. the test match.
0: Yep. So you, you knew, and then in a test match, you knew like if something if it wasn't going exactly the plan, those were the two things you just you made sure you just went back to, to, to know under pressure you could you you do what you need to do.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest learning, actually, mm. from from test cricket, to know if something's gone wrong. You don't want mm. a, something to go wrong and struggle for six hours mm. of a day. Mm. Um, and the more experience you get to know how to bring yourself back. I I, I know sometimes a test match when things weren't going your way, how to bring yourself back quicker. And the the older you got, the wise you got. You could do it inside two overs. It's yeah. just watch your ball, making sure I'm in that power position. I'm not standing up to and trust my, my trust my legs trust my power then then i could bring myself back into the game rather than having a, a bad se- session or a day so and that's about understanding your technique understanding the basics of work when you put under pressure because we've all had that feeling in a test match or whatever cricket where you feel like you're in quicksand and you think oh, i can't get out of this and the harder you try the more you try to do but 9 times out of 10 or probably 10 out of 10 is you just got to simplify. You got to go back to what works for you. Mm. Get those basics right. Then all of a sudden, you can bring yourself back into the game.
0: Yeah, so that's the thing that I find that I that I find fascinating because there's a couple of people that I've interviewed on this lessons learned with the greats that are just around like react and just I'm out there and you ask them about like a technical checklist that they if something starts to go slightly wrong they know how to bring it straight back yeah. but they just well they're that gifted I suppose and they just knew that they just reacted and they'll find the right, the mindset. But for me, the, the technical sort of checklist that I had was so important to bring me back, especially when something was slightly off. Yeah. So like, why was that slightly off? was it a mindset? was it my technique. Yeah. So you're always sort of like troubleshooting all the way through. So as you said, so instead of having like, you might have one or two overs where it's not exactly you at your best, it's not, it doesn't go turn into like a whole day where you're exposed, where you're exposed, especially like as a bowler or a keeper. Yeah like you've got to get them out before you can actually, like, <laughs> it's a long day if yeah. you're having a We're bad no,
1: day. Well, no one else is going to do it. And, and that's the thing you do. You, you do all this stuff training-wise and, and, and people talk about make sure you're doing the little things, tick everything you have to, and mm. start of your career. And it, we've all been the same. You go, yeah, you yeah, know, I'm right. Then you get into that big moment. And it might be in a shield game where you've got Kasprich at one end and Bickle and you go, mm. hang on a minute, oh, this is not going to work. And And those moments what you learn is – all you want to do out there is be bat, bat v ball. Mm. You, you want to be reacting to what comes to you. But those moments only come about that you understand your technique when you're under pressure. And, and that's all that I think professional sport's about. It's winning those big moments where, yes, I'm in a big moment here, but I'm not second-guessing my technique. Mm. I'm not worrying about what I've done last Tuesday. Have I done enough work here? Have I done enough bowling? It's I've just got to watch the ball because – Everything's going to happen because I've trusted and I've put all that work and I know I'm going to react
0: under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said. Um, had you were a beautiful batsman to watch in full flight. Um, so from a batting point of view, what were the like couple of technical sort of um, components that you that stand out to you that you re- really worked on, you could rely on under pressure to bring the, bring the best version of you all the time?
1: Yeah, mine was um, staying still mm. um, and, and not – not move in too much when the bowl was well. I found at times if I did move, my head would fall mm-hmm. across and, I, and I, my eyes weren't lined up. So my big thing with the batting was, one, I needed to have a good defence. I, I like to move the game forward and things, but you needed to have a good base so things weren't going right. Not that I used it that often, mm-hmm. but my base was important. So if, if I was still um, at the time of the delivery um, and my eyes were still, I was fine. I, I trusted I could react
0: to to what came my way. Yeah, it's amazing how simple actually it it does come back to is yep. actually like is actually being still, eyes level watching the ball. Yeah, it's like it, it really comes down to that because um, if you're slightly from a batting perspective, you're slightly committed one way. Yeah, especially to the offside, that's when you just you you get your your, your um, judgment of line is slightly off. Yep. Um you can you can get exposed. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing how simple – like that's really what like, batting is. Yep. You break it. It has to be simple yep. because, yeah.
1: And I think the one thing as well, the bigger moment you have, whether a test match or World Cups, the simpler you need to keep it. I, you, you have a lot of thoughts going in your head and, oh, do I do this? You've got crowd noise. You've got the opposition changing fields. But the simpler you can keep it, and we've all had those times in our career where no matter what's going on, you, you can't hear the crowd. It doesn't matter where the bowl is bowling. You're just reacting to to what's going on. But there's also the flip side to that. We've had times where you go, oh, my God, where am I going to get the next run? What am I going to do? And a lot of that's all the noise in your head. If you take it back and you simplify it and say, okay, I need to be still. I need to watch the ball closely coming out of his hand and trust that my technique under pressure will
0: stand up. Yeah. (laughs) And that's in the end, and we'll we'll definitely dig into this more, but that's what mental toughness is all about is to be able to simplify it, like get, uh, not allow any of the noise to be able to penetrate the really simple basics for what the best version of you is. And we'll dig into that a little bit more because it's, it's it's absolutely fascinating. Okay. Had you were exceptionally fit during your playing days, as you still are now, um, what fitness regime did you find worked best for you throughout your career?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I, I prided myself on, on being being fit. I thought that was one of the things, um, being a keeper, you, you wanted to make sure you could stand up to, yes, we can all do it for the first session and the second, but it's making sure I was giving the same energy to the team and doing my job on day five because mm. no matter what happens as a keeper, you, you might go five days without getting a dismissal and an opportunity to take a dismissal. You, everything might have hit the middle of your gloves. And all of a sudden, if your concentration starts to, to go a little bit, and I, I thought fitness had a lot to do with mm. that, and you, you drop the last catch of that's all anyone remembers. Mm. So, And as a keeper, it was my job too, I thought. I took it personally if we, we weren't feeling well and things weren't going. So you wanted to generate a lot of energy. But as a work at the back end of my career, I, I think, when I came back after having 12 months out of the game, mm. And I came back to state cricket and everyone's trained and they were obsessed with running a 2K time mm. trial, being the best 2K time trial. And I remember going away with a mate of mine, Tom Carter, who's now um, with Australian rugby. And I said, I don't think I'm going to get better if I continue to do this. I don't think I'll make it back in the Australian team. Mm. So we went away and we did a lot of work on our glutes. We did a lot of work on the trampoline. Um, with glute strength and bands, making sure we could one-legged um, jumps and holds, um, mm. a lot of heel running. And, and I think then the, the last six years of my career, I was trained to become a better athlete. Mm. And, and I, I think sometimes people train now because they think that's what they need to do <laughs> uh, to justify positions rather than train to be a better athlete. And mm. I think that's one thing I did really well. I was always trying to – to get better for my craft, mm. um, and, and Tommy was a, a big one with that, making sure we we broke down what you needed to be a, a really good wicketkeeper. Mm. You talk about having strong quads and things like that, but it all came from your glutes, mm. making sure you could hold that position long enough and you're power, powerful enough to go out of that crouch in the last, um, last session of a match. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's – it's interesting you talk about that because the one thing with yeah, with my experience in and around it as well, in and around Australian cricket, is that it did become very much AFL-focused fitness, which we're not AFL, AFL athletes. Um, and to be able to actually be more specific with what you actually needed as a cricket athlete, Yep. you had to go outside of the system and like rebel against the system in a way, which is absolutely ridiculous to be able to get the best yeah. out of yourself. What? Whoops, sorry, sorry yeah. for challenging you guys and yeah. like getting a few noses out of the joints for the people who are just ticking boxes. Yeah, My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had a, I reckon
1: I was in a really unique situation and and we'll probably talk about it later. When when me got sick and I had that 12 months out of the game, mm-hmm. then then when I came back, it, everyone was, was obsessed with, running a 2K Mm. which is fine. Yeah, everyone's – you have different measures and things, but Mm. I I sort of found everyone was trying to train to be a good 2K time trial runner or a a good long disc. I've Mm. got to get – I've got to be really good here. I've got to make sure I can run this, Mm. where to me all I ever wanted to do was be the best athlete I could. Mm. The byproduct is I was going to do all my testing was going to be good. So I struggled with a bit of that when I came back because I, I didn't feel like in the system uh, at states, I was going to get better. So you're right. I, I had to go out and, and put my own team together mm. because I, I don't
0: think I would have got back to playing for Australia otherwise. Mm. It's bloody, it's bloody, yeah, <laughs> it's bloody madness, yeah. And that's like I was in the. You had that 12 months out, and I was in the thick of this this like evolution of becoming an AFL ath, a, AFL athlete. goodness me, yeah, I put a few noses out of joints because I questioned <laughs> and challenged. Why, why the hell are we doing this stuff? Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be specific. To, <laughs> yeah.
1: but I, I think that yeah. also when when you have a strong group, and we talked about the the World Cup winning team, the Ashes. I think one of the the best things you had about that group is not everyone had the same views on the game, hmm. but would discuss it a lot, whether it be over coffee, not so much in team meetings. But hmm. what I found great about that, you might mention something, um, Ryan Harris, and you go away and you think, and you go, hang on a minute. Oh, I didn't think like that, but mm. that makes sense, and, mm. and it challenged you to be a better athlete. It challenged you to be a better team, and, and that's one of the things I think why those teams were successful. We're always trying to find ways
0: to be better. Mm. Absolutely, it's it's something that I it's <laughs> yep. it makes me when we talk about this stuff. Yep. It makes my blood boil that you're able to play and represent your yep. country, and you've got to buck the system to be able to actually get like. Get the best out of yourself. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's a that's a yeah. I suppose that's why you have got to you know back back your ability because in yep. the end it all it only comes back to you as the individual if you allow someone to to dictate your your journey in that regard and you don't take ownership of it yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it all comes back to all all those little things you do. Is you want to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons mm-hmm. to perform under pressure. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's rocket science. Done. <laughs> um. Let's talk about um, inj- injury side of things because you, um, you know, manage yourself and you did have a few injuries from which are you know, broken fingers and that, which yep. is standard to be yep. to be a keeper really. But also um, you know, you're out with an elbow injury for a period of time as well. How did you um, manage your body well throughout your career? Because you did play a hell of a lot of cricket for a long period of, t- of time.
1: Yeah, I think in a wicket-keeping position and you have a lot of um, breaks in your fingers. And Ian Healy actually taught me this really early. Uh, if you look at you've got six batters in a team you've got four bowlers and and you can chop and change but i remember heel saying to me it there's only one wicker keeper and you need to sometimes be born into that position because if you've got if you've born at the same time as say oh, i don't know where Adam Gilchrist was the same age you, you might never get the opportunity to play for australia so I was always brought up yes you had to play sometimes with broken fingers and, and I was pretty lucky um, because my wife was a radiographer. So, <laughs> so
0: Jeez, perfect storm. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving
1: some secrets away here. So, but what I'd do, I'd go get my, if I, if I copped a bad one in a state game, and I didn't want to give anyone else a, a opportunity for my spot. So, yeah. I'd go to Karina, I'd say, oh, I need my fingers x rayed. And <laughs> I'd go, I'd get the report done, and, and I end up um, becoming good mates with the, The hand surgeon, Doug Ween, I probably brought him Mm. a house (laughs) with the amount of times he's fixed my hands. But before I seen the physio, sometimes I'd already had the scan. Mm. I'd seen the um, hand specialist and there was two things um, I'd end up asking him. Is it displaced? Mm. And he'd go, no. I said, is it moving the tendon? He'd go, No. And then I'd give him the report <laughs> and I'd say, well, I can play with the pain, yeah. just tell me if it's going to move. So, yeah. But that all just came down to, I think, not wanting to give anyone an opportunity because mm. as I've said, wicketkeeping was a rare position mm. that if I gave someone an opportunity in my spot, you might not play again for five or six mm. years and your career might be over. So that was just parcel and parcel of, I, I thought, being a, being a wicketkeeper, but... I had a bad one elbow. I had a mm. tennis elbow, which was, which was interesting. It was it just sort of built build up at time. I played mm. with a um, broken thumb for about six months, and I had to change my grip on the back. and, and What they said is, then that overloads your tendon more, mm. and things happen. But I thought it was a real problem after the World Cup, where we made the final in um, West Indies T Twenty World Cup. yeah. Yep. I remember having <laughs> a beer afterwards, and I couldn't pick the beer up with my left hand. I thought. No, nah, something's not right here. And then, yeah, I had six months out of the game, but I was lucky enough to, to come back, and my first test was at that 100 we
0: spoke about, uh, so I forgot all about the injury <laughs> there. <laughs> How quickly you forget <laughs> <Yeah>. the pain. <laughs> awesome. That's the reason why you do the hard yards. Okay, Hads, you were obviously incredibly mentally tough to be able to concentrate for a whole day of test crickets, so a weekkeeper alone, let alone your yeah. bat, to be able to come out and bat the way you did as well. So from a mental skills keeping perspective, um, were you always built a certain, a certain way? Did you have these skills in building you or did you have to develop certain mental skills and techniques to be able to consistently be your best throughout a whole like five days of a test match?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a couple of points there. I, and I didn't really find this out until um, I was writing my book and I was talking to my dad about it. Uh, as a 17-year-old, I, I broke my ankle in a car accident. Oh. And I I was just starting to to play for – be recognised with the Australian 19s, just starting to get noticed in the cricket world. And I was in the um, school holidays, the Christmas holidays, where 17-year-olds, yeah, you're, you're out having a good time. And and I remember getting up every morning at 5, going to the swimming pool, coming back uh, for breakfast, physio, going to the pool again, then going back in the afternoon, doing three se- – and, and my dad said to me, he said, something changed in you then. He said, then I knew you were going to be an athlete. I said, what are you talking about?
0: Mm.
1: He said, something clicked in you where all you are worried about was doing whatever you could to, to get right, no matter what external noise was going on. And, mm. and, and you know, as a 17-year-old, you, your mates have got schoolies and things, he said, but something changed in there. He said, and he said, I remember saying to mum, he said, I, I think Bradley's got a chance to make it mm. because it's not normal behaviour what he's going, doing now, the way he could get things and say, okay, no, nah, this is what I've got to do, and just turn into that um, oh, like a professional athlete mm. mode so early. And I, I didn't even know I did it. Mm. But keeping for a uh, long sessions day after day, the, I, I think the biggest thing you learn, you're you only really concentrating for 30, 50, oh, 20 seconds. Mm. When the bowl's at the top of his run, and, and then what I used to do is uh, do my job, get it done, then I'd look around the crowd that. um give myself the opportunity to turn off because if when you start your career and you're trying to concentrate every boy, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, everything starts to tense up. So Mm. you've got to find ways to relax your mind and get yourself into the game that way. Otherwise, by the – just after lunch, Mm. you're
0: roasted. So you were consciously very, very deliberate with being switched on but then switching off. Yeah. And like always? Were you always like that?
1: Yeah, um yeah. yeah, I, I think that's a habit that you learn. Um, more and more you play, you, it, it's just not possible to be um, up every minute of the day for the mm. six hours. So you, you'd have, like, you are next to me a lot in slips, you talk mm. to your slips, you t- you can talk about the game, you let yourself wander. But there's also that moment you got to uh, coach yourself, okay, now, now's mm. time, this is my moment, and and then you go. But Because I, mental strength to me is just making making sure you're making those right decisions when the big moments come we we can all when the game's going well we're, we're all on top and things just happen but the mental part of the game is only comes when you're under pressure when you really start to get things in your head and be strong enough to stick to your job trust everything you've done before to get on with what's happening
0: that's something that I wasn't from a technique of managing my like my mental energy I was not gr- not good at it <laughs> especially especially I just wanted to do so well. So from a batting point of view, I was always on. I didn't actually really consciously think about the, the process of be on and then actually like then turn off in between balls. Um, in the slips is, d- is different yeah. because you do like without even thinking about it, you're talking in between balls and that. So without thinking about it, you yeah. switched off. But so, so did it get to a point where you did say, I need to make sure that I do switch or switch on and switch off? Or as I said, it was, it was more so just because you slips and you're just awareness enough because I was incredibly good at burning out my mental energy, especially when I was batting. Um, I always thought that it was, I was weak as pierce, if a non-striker, you need to switch on today and keep – today's a big day. Before you know I'd burn out all my bloody mental <laughs> energy. I was so good at it.
1: <laughs> See, that surprised me as well to, to hear you say that because watching you bat in one day, is, it didn't look like that's how you were. Yeah. And then and opening with you for a while – Talking in the middle, it seemed, it seemed to be relaxed. But it's all – that's what I reckon this sport's about. Like it's mm. about those – that 10% of the time where, yes, when 90% of the time things – it's that 10% being strong enough to get that out, take it back to what you had to do. Mm. Um, and, and that's something I think I got better with um, later in my career because I know in the 2012 Ashes I I couldn't be more prepared. Um, I'd had 12 months out of the game. It was my first time back. Um, playing for Australia after having the t- time. So the situations coming into bat, I, I've never been more clear in, in my whole career. Than mm. I would have liked to have um, that focus and been in that space the whole time. It, mm. it, it just doesn't happen. But you have those moments where it, things like the greats have them for years. And, mm. um, but that, that time there, I, I, I didn't feel much pressure going no matter what the situation was. Mm. Um, I was just so comfortable in what I've done. Um, I had left nothing to chance leading into that series because I thought it might have been my last.
0: Mm. So, See, that's, that's the stuff I find absolutely fascinating because it's the circumstances that sort of lead up to you being in this sort of mindset and, and it yep. really comes down to that freedom yep. and that like I didn't think I was going to get this opportunity again. You know what, I'm just going to – I don't care what happens. And you let go – you fully let go, right, like you like yep. you did. And that's the thing that I never – until I actually – after I finished playing international cricket just about, yep. I I educated myself on mental skills from a guru in the in yep. the US. And it all came down to – most of it comes down to defining exactly what that looks yep. like for you when you do have that f- absolute freedom, that perspective on, yep. on life and, and your game, and then being able to – keep pulling yourself back into that mindset because that's, for me, that was when I was at my absolute best. When yep. I would know, I don't care if I got out, you know what? Yep. I'm just going to take them on, just yep. freedom. I can't believe how fortunate I am to be doing this and just in, like have that real sort of joy yep. of playing. Yeah. But then when you start to fail a few times, you miss out, outcomes are not what you want, then it just like, for me, you just start to tighten up and you're like, don't get out. Oh, come on. You need I want to keep playing. I need to school runs today. And yep. that just disappears. But no one really, no one talked to me about the technique of being able to pull back and go, you yeah. know what, that's actually you at your best. Yeah. So just keep like m- getting your mindset, working through to yeah. be able to have that freedom because you need that. Yeah. That's you at your best.
1: Yeah. I think from a um, cricket point of view with me it came came from is making sure I'd done everything that I needed to do leading into the test match. Mm-hmm. Or I, I didn't want to be batting and be looking up and thinking, I'm, I've got to get my pre-movement might, I've got to get this. If I'm facing a Freddie Flintoff mm-hmm. or a Harmison. Because the ball would, would have nicked me out or would have hit me. Mm. Uh, but making for me, it was making sure everything's done. So when you get out into the game, and, and we, we all talk about skills, making sure get your batting skills right, get your elbow up, do all those things, make sure you're catching. But, but another um, part of training, I, I think, is the identity stuff, mm. where you just go into the nets, and today – the skill to learn is bat v ball. I'm mm. not worrying about where my feet are. I'm not worrying about what's going on. What I'm worried about is competing with the ball. We, mm. I, I think that's also a skill that needs mm. to be learned. We, yeah. I think a lot these days you do a lot of stuff um, technique-wise and there's a lot of coaches around to help and, and, and you, you get looked after, wow, mm. uh, unbelievably. But a skill that needs to be learned is how to compete, mm. how, how to – how do I react in that moment when things aren't going right? What do I go back to? What's my default? If you don't practice that at training, mm-hmm. it's hard to replicate it when you get into a game. So I, I did that when I faced – like I, I liked to. I didn't like to face net bowlers mm. um, because my mind would wander mm-hmm. and, and I could get – but I'd rather face a Johnson, Harris or a Watson for 20 minutes mm. and just compete with bat v ball and get used to that state. And, mm. and that's what I got better at later in McCree.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's the a thing. It's not just your mental skills that you're working on in game. It is like it's a skill that you need to develop and work on yep. at training as well. And as you said, that competition um, at training is so important because now with so much support staff around, a lot of guys actually don't bat in the nets against against the top line bowlers. Yeah. Um, which it's you need you need to because you said that competition. You need to train it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to continue to like yep. to refine that skill and make sure that's that's ready to go. Um, Okay, just going back to that best version of you. So from a batting perspective, it was just having that freedom of not worrying about the outcome, just, yep. just taking the game on. And the intensity side of things, was it, it was getting in that battle. Was that really important as well?
1: Yeah, it, to me it was understanding what my role was in the team. And as a wicker keeper batting at seven in a test match, I, I thought my job, you, you'd come in and, and nine times out of ten you'd have to change the momentum of the game. That might be you're in some trouble hmm. um, and you've got to get – to a total which competitive to allow um, the great bowls we had to bowl to, or it, it's about uh, I've got to move the game forward here and and counteract it a bit. That's that's how I like to play, it, mm. and it didn't always work. And what came with that as well is sometimes you could get out ways that didn't look great, and mm. I, I had to be mentally strong enough to handle that mm. um, with the outside noise to say I know my role, I know my place in the team, I know what, what works for me. so as I said, that dealing with that got better the later in your career. At the start mm-hmm. of your career, you're probably a better player. Mm-hmm. Like you have – if the ball's up, you hit as hard as you mm-hmm. can. If it's short, you hook it. Mm-hmm. Then as you get a little bit of success, you start to go, oh, do I have to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Should sort I of change this? Then you start to get in that quicksand feeling. Then by the end of your career, everything's just smooth. You're just thinking, oh, why couldn't I have had this five years ago? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But that's all part of learning. And that's the stuff now that you enjoy with coaching and things If if you can put that knowledge onto a player, where instead of fluffing around for three years, you give him that experience in eight months, and he kicks that—that's
0: what I enjoy about coaching now. Absolutely, and that's the—that's a the power of you know, making the most of your experiences and our experiences to be able to pass that knowledge on. Yep. So, even if it's one or two little things that helps them, like. Not have to make the same mistakes yeah. we did, yep. and that's part of the thing I love about the pod. This podcast is like the l- little things that we talk about as mental skills yep. or the technical side of things. It younger people who are listening to this can actually yep. just work through it and work work through which what maybe one thing might work for you yep. that Brad hadn't said from a keeping perspective or what Rod Marsh said. It's just one little thing that actually just makes a big difference. That I've tried and wow, that actually that works, and that's a beauty of you yeah, been able to give back give back from the experience we've had.
1: See, playing with um, Punda, he, he always said something, and, and and I say it every time that guys go out. Now, remember he used to say, no matter who we're playing against, play them on skill mm. and not emotion. Mm. If we if Australia play teams on skill, we'll win more games than we lose. And, mm. and it's an interesting one because sometimes you can get caught up with the emotion of the event. You might be 90,000, um, but to be able to bring yourself back and say, no, we've done all the work. Mm. Now it's just enjoying the contest, playing the opposition on skill and knowing that we're skilled enough and if we do everything we have to, that we'll get the result at the end.
0: Absolutely, and that, that's something that really stood out to me about punter about, um, is his skill. And the skill is around understanding what, um, how um, intense and like what, what engagement you need to have in that battle yeah. as well. So you are you have an emotional connection into it, yep. but you're not letting your emotion takes over and yep. corrupt your ability no, to ex- execute your skill.
1: But that also there that um, the skill it, it's also creating an environment when you're fielding to making sure you you're making the opposition feel uncomfortable. Mm. Not on what you're saying; it, it's your presence, your movement, how ath- like you've done all your training, You're athletically at the top of your game, skill wise. You pick the ball up. You can hit the stumps and. And that's what I, I enjoyed about playing for Australia, making oppositions uncomfortable mm-hmm. with how skillful you were and mm-hmm. then where they sit back and go, well, look at this Australian team today. They're on today. But that mm-hmm. was off the back of all the hard work you have done and the skill that you showed on the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just want to – before we move on for the mental skills because I, I love this stuff because I wish I'd tapped into it earlier – um, and just going back to something you said about when when we open the batting one day cricket, one day cricket, I found mentally it easier because it was like, oh, especially chasing because you, 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 knew where you need to get to. Yeah. So you knew like, and I found it easier to be able to switch on and off yep. and you're just taking the game or a test cricket. Yeah. It's longer. And I just was <laughs> the skill to be able to just conserve my mental energy. Anyway, going back to, um, a keeping the best version of you when it comes to the mindset, when it comes to keeping and yep. yeah, talk to me about that.
1: I think the best version of me is you've done all your skill work mm. and it's the same as any skill you played. So in the game, all I wanted to do was react to what yep. happened when the ball came out of the bowler's hand yep. because you don't want to be thinking too much about if if a Mitchell Johnson's bowling, um, you might be at an SCG wicket where you've got to stand five metres closer. Mm. I don't want to be sitting there second-guessing my technique. What I want to do is I want to react to what's what's coming down. Trust that my technique's going to be in the right position and then then react to to what happens. The only time you ever get into, I think, trouble, I reckon the only time I've ever dropped catches, um, we came for Australia, is when you go down and think, oh, should I be doing this? Where do you think? Nick, oh, no. Then you drop it and you go, oh, hang on a minute. I wasn't in the moment. No matter, if you're in the moment and they nick it, if you get half a glove on it, you've trained enough to get your hand on it. It's that split second where... You're not quite in that moment for that time. Mm. And and you're probably the same with when you're fielding the slips. If mm. you're in that moment, you just go, Oh, oh how do I catch that? Mm. And how often you said that? And the others you go, drop it, then when you're sitting there, you're going, Shivers. I was thinking about fine legs, should have been up. Oh, he was giving me the shits at the time mm. and you weren't in that moment right there and then. And, and and I think if when I think back now,
0: that's the only time you ever missed chances. Mm. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the power. And again, that's the power of the mind mm-hmm. is understanding to, how to get out of your own way. Yep. So then your skill, the, the muscle memory just takes over. Yep. You've worked so hard for. Yep. And that's just, and it really does come down yep. to being right in the moment. Yep. And for a batsman, for a keeper, for whatever it is, well, yep. keeper and batsman especially, and fielder, it's being in the moment, reacting with intensity, and just watching what comes down your way with no premeditation, no distraction, no yep. nothing.
1: Yeah, I think that's with with any sport. Like you Mm -hmm. do a lot of stuff now culturally you do and you can write the words accountability Mm -hmm. and things up on the board but it's about teaching the the athlete, it's that 10%. It's -hmm. that that big moment when you go, okay, you've got to win this big moment. How do you win this big moment? Is making sure you do your job. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm in the team for. This is what I have to do. The only time you get in trouble with those big moments and get flustered is when you start thinking about everything else. Oh no! I knew I should have done more work on my technique. I knew I should. If you eliminate all that, those big moments are the best moments in sport because mm. that's a that's the ten seconds of that that ten percent where you, you want the ball, you you want you want to be involved, you win the game, and and that's what you get the biggest, biggest satisfaction out of.
0: Absolutely, and you, you you're willing to put it all on the line to yep. be exposed to be able to have a chance to win the game, doesn't? Yep. And you're not always going to. Yep. Um, and that's where the, you know, the, the heartache comes, but that will make you work so hard to be able to try and yep. be, like, be the man who can actually execute your skill yep. under pressure in those yep. big moments. Yep. <laughs> We've all had our challenges at times with the media during our playing days. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from what you know now, would you have approached the media in a different way while you're playing? And, the, and now that you're in the media, so you've got, yeah, yeah. You're, you've uh, got an understanding of the other side.
1: I think that there's times uh I think in every sporting per that is understand it better yeah. understanding <laughs> what they'll do there's there's moments where they get you and, and you can you try the hardest and you go <laughs> bugger they've got me and yeah. you react to it but if, if you learnt what they were trying to do and and understood that more yeah. I, I think about yes we can all speak in front of the camera or um, we can talk about the game, but there's also moments that they don't teach you the same. Well, this month they're going after you. Had mm. everyone else is batting well, a young keeper's is going, is well. reacting to those situations mm. well. So oh, I think at the back end you you, you deal with it better, and, and at the start you just it, it's all great because mm. when you're young, only, <laughs> the media's only telling you how good you are. It, yeah. It's it's when you get in those situations and. All anyone wants is a reaction out of you. Um, once you deal with what the reaction is, and I remember a game at Lords, I didn't have a great game uh, with the gloves. I didn't drop any chances. Jono was the same, he had a bad day. I, I couldn't reach him down leg side and they were going everywhere and he had a bias. And uh, I remember the, the media um, guy, might have been Lockie Patterson, come in mm. and said, Oh, who's going to do it today? And looked around, and we had a bad day. Mm. I said, I'll do it. He said, Oh, you sure? <laughs> and I went, <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it. And, and I went in. As I asked him the first question, I jumped on the front foot. I said, oh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I felt I had a bad day today. It was one of those days where I felt in quicksand, and, and the harder I tried, the worse I got. But mm. it was one of those days I couldn't get myself out of it. And you could see him go to ask another question. They sort of went, oh, bugger.
0: Mm.
1: He, he's come in and owned what he did. Mm. Um, hopefully tomorrow it'll work out better. But Today wasn't one of those days. It was a bad one. I told them what I was feeling. Mm. And, and I remember walking out and the Aussie journo said to me, I can't think of his name. He said, you got them all. You got all the English journals They're, they're ready to go hard at you. Mm. And once I took that out, it was a smooth sailing for the rest of the session. But that was hard to do, um, to have the courage to go and um, front it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, That's confidence in your, in your, in your own yeah. ability and um, contentment. They, with they didn't what- worry
1: me that much. Yeah, like I, I could, I could turn off. Um, I was comfortable in who I was. Mm. Um, and one thing, the way I played as well, I, I was always going to. There was times I got out ways, and you'd look and you go, "What's he doing there?" So I, mm. I had to be able to deal, deal with that. Mm. I had a really good support group around me. had had a close family. Mm. Um, I had people that needed to tell you the the right things, not always the things you wanted to hear at the right time. So, yeah, I, I was comfortable dealing with them.
0: Yeah, and what you said there—the perspective on understanding what like what their role is and what like what their perspective is—is is actually is probably one of the most powerful thing that people yep. thing that people can do because once you put yourselves in their shoes, which I actually didn't really do until right at the back end of my career, we actually realised that that just you know doing a job yeah majority of them do love cricket yep. um, they 're not always going to be there just to be able to try and expose people, yeah <laughs> especially when they 're vulnerable if things haven 't <laughs> gone that well. Um, majority of them are actually really good people, um, and those once you understand what their what their perspective is, yeah then it just sits a little bit more comfortably and then when you approach you know press conference and that sort of yep. thing you 've got you 've got a better way of dealing it like what you yep. said there because otherwise. Otherwise, yeah. you can get you can get exposed.
1: <laughs> I think the one thing I was brought up with as well, and it can work both both ways. Is that the truth works hmm. like if if you're being honest, hmm. they won't get backdoor you. Yeah. Like, yeah. But if you're not being honest with them and you yeah, are hiding too much, then that's when um, corridor talk can happen. And oh, I just found if if I was honest, and and I've always that the truth works, I, I was comfortable because if they didn't like who you were, as long as your teammates um, knew exactly how you were, the role you played in the team,
0: that's all, That's what you wanted. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree that sometimes being honest gets you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Whoops. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Okay, Hads, this is going to get into other aspects um, of your life away from cricket, um, and I truly believe this is one of the most important life skills that most of us don't get much – of an education on throughout our lives. But managing, investing the money that we make throughout our – as well as we possibly can throughout our lives is so integral to making the most of of what you've got. So from what you know now, um, looking back, would you have done things differently from an investment and and wealth generation point of view?
1: No, I I think we're we're comfortable. We're very lucky in the position we are. Mm. Um, I I always had an interest – well, actually, my biggest one when I started playing sport, the the first thing um, my dad ever said to me, he said, "Just pay your house off." <laughs> he said, "No matter what happens, then mm. if you if you're lucky enough to be able to pay your house off, mm. he said, then you'll survive because mm. you, you you like to work and and, and things." So, I, I think that's one of the things um, that I worked well through in my cricket career. I, I didn't want to stop after fifteen years and and everything just stop because. Mm. Life only just starts. I've got three kids. Um, you're lucky enough now because you invested well and you got other interests outside the game that you can spend a lot of time with them. But we, we have a, a pretty unique job where we we basically say to our wives, oh, "By the way, I'm going to see you in ten years. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Then then I'll be back." <laughs> like, yeah, um, it, it's a great life. We, they have you have a great time, but it, it's the the bit after that. I made sure I was set up for mm. – I, I enjoy yeah, – your best job I've ever had is, is being a dad. I enjoy watching mm. my kids grow up. Um, so from an investment point of view, I, I wanted to make sure that life didn't stop mm. um, once you finished playing cricket. And and I think I could have probably played three more years of 2020. Mm. Um, but I, I was exhausted. I I I'd, I'd mentally w- was done after what a, the family stuff we mm. went through. So – I was lucky as you're in a position where you could, you could do that, you could retire when you wanted, um, life didn't stop it, and, and then you could start to enjoy your kids.
0: Mm. So, and I know this is something you were always very um, very good at and astute with, but like the investments for you, like the really good ones, was more like commercial property and that sort of thing? Was that something that you yeah. um, really sunk your teeth into pretty early?
1: Yeah, so if anyone needs a storage unit in Canberra, we've got some. <laughs> no. So good. Like it, <laughs> yeah. you,
0: you were one of the ones that I played with who definitely had a great um, perspective on investment um, and obviously with your, um, with your dad as well um, being a builder um, to be able to make that work. Like, gosh, that's, that's super wise.
1: Yeah, we, we were lucky. And also, um, as I said before, you – you, you didn't want – life didn't stop when you finish playing. Mm. There can be times where you, you're second-guessing what are you going to do, but you you still got to be a dad. So, yeah, we are lucky enough to invest into building some storage units and, and mm. different things like that. So, yeah, I still enjoyed that part of things now, mm. um, oh, as I said. And, and that's that was all for a lifestyle thing, making sure that that was all in place. So mm. when it did all stop, yeah. um, the big lights and the – the ninety thousand people stadiums, you you still had uh, you still had life to live.
0: Mm. And what about from investment in the stock market? Was that something you was it mainly into like commercial property and that sort of thing, or did you did you have someone that you trusted who helped guide you into the into the stock market?
1: No, I, I didn't go into mm. the stock market. The, well, I, I, I know talking to the accountants and different <laughs> people, you talk, over, they mm. said, oh, you should. Invest here, you should do this. And mm. I'd say, bricks and water, mm. bricks and water. And mm. then they'd say, Oh, well, if you've got bricks and water, what about putting some here? Mm. I said, Well, what about the sum I was going to put here back into more <laughs> bricks and water? Yeah. So I, I didn't understand that. Um, and, and I'm not someone that was going to look at the stocks every day. So, mm. As we play, you you have a look at them other place, but I wouldn't have looked at it every day. Mm. Um, and, and to me, I would have felt uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I've got bricks and mortar. I understand what's going on, and I, I can. can I, I I didn't venture. In.
0: So I love that that you knew and you had a, a deep understanding, and, and definitely like every everyone. So many of the you know, older people always say bricks and mortar. Yeah, you, know, you can't you can't lose over over time. But then cool. to be able to have the um, the understanding that that's that was your that was your strength, that was your wheelhouse, that was what I was comfortable with, and I knew um, it was a very sound investment. Because a lot of people think that they get guided in different ways. Oh, I should have, should have property. I should have commercial property. I should have stocks, or you know, should have be invested in a managed fund. And that's where things can go wrong, especially if you don't get lucky enough to get a, an advisor advising you yeah. um, for the right reasons. Um, so that's that's a great lesson for everyone out there, just to be do enough research on. If even if it's just one of them, that you've got a bit more of understanding, so you know what. The, the right questions to ask so you don't get exposed
1: yeah and i think mine was an easy one because it was with my family and mm. um, we're close family and mm. and that made it a lot easier uh, you find it in those situations that it, you've got to trust other people with mm. all your hard work and and things so we're here we we you trust with your family and, and you feel you just feel personally it's not the right um way and there's Every more different way. So, but yeah.
0: for me, that worked. Yeah. get on you, mate. And it's worked. It's worked your treat. And and again, this is this is absolutely not about like in anyone how much money no. you made. It's more so just some, even if it's $1, it's how to be – did you – were you able to invest it in some way to be able to make the most of it, make your money work for you? Because it's one thing with my experience and you would have seen the exact same thing with the money that's in cricket now, majority don't invest it well. Yeah, They're I, very good at spending or blowing it.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> and, yeah. one thing, got re- you're got you in a unique situation with any sport you play, but it, it doesn't last forever. Yeah, you, ha- you have your window, and you, you've got to make sure that once that stops, life, life doesn't stop. Mm. So you, you've still got to make sure you, you've you invested wise, you you've still got a lifestyle, you've got family to look after. So we mm. are in a unique situation when you play sport, and the biggest thing... I would say to people and to learn is is to have good people around mm-hmm. you and that's the one thing I was really, really lucky with. I had mm-hmm. good people around me, not not always to tell me what I wanted to hear mm-hmm. but to tell me the truth and that way, once, once, as I said before, the truth works, you, mm-hmm. you've got it all on the table, then you can move forward and plan what you need to.
0: From an investment point of view, that's the one thing that I, I struggled up until probably the last couple of years to be able to find some someone and some people who I really trusted were doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And that probably – it more so came about when I finally started to educate myself on uh, just investments in general. So I knew which questions to ask. But up until that time, I was too gunshot. Like I, was, I, I was in the stock market um, you know, before the before the GFC hit and things were going great and then it hit and then it didn't go great. And I was like, you know, I am just I'm just going to get – I don't know enough about this yeah. stuff. Because, you know, my, my family, even though they made the most of what they had, you know, they weren't like – they weren't – they didn't educate me on exactly how to stay, like stay in the long game and that sort yeah. of thing to be able to, you know, really use it wisely. But that's the thing. It's just enough education and there's plenty of really like great books and people out there who just simplify it to be able to make it so you, least you can make a judge decision on whether this person's in it for the right reasons or not because that's the biggest – that's one of the biggest challenges – to be able to sort through who's in it for the wrong reasons who, and who's in it for the right reasons.
1: And, and I think the, the important thing there, and I reckon a lot of it does, it comes back to people as well. Mm. Um, I, I, I grew up with – my dad was a carpenter. Mum was a stay-at-home mum that looked after three boys, so mm. she had the hardest job. But mm. it, it was it, it was making sure you, you work to your strength. People educate themselves in different ways. Some like to go to uni, some like to get on the tools. Mm. Um, some have different interests. It's not a one-size-fits-all for, for everyone. Like, And I think also that that's also got a lot better. Um, now, I know when we started that if you wanted to go to uni, it, you didn't have a career advisor to say, oh, well, I need three and a half months off. Mm. Like, can you do one subject here? It, it's, it's grown so much now and guys have an opportunity to, while they're playing, do different courses or um, start an apprenticeship um, I'd look into the stock market more or uh, investment properties. It, it they're a lot, they're in a lot better standing now and understanding education-wise that than, than what we were.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt in that. It needs to continue to yep. evolve yep. to be able to make sure that everyone's as equipped as they possibly can be to yep. make the most of what they've got now and then yep. into the into the future once they're um, playing day stop. As cricketers, a lot of us are um, always on the lookout for a great business to be a part of and invest <laughs> into. <laughs> so um, do you have any specific lessons you've learned um, from being involved or investing in businesses, especially when things didn't turn out <laughs> how you envisioned? we all had those
1: moments. I, I think one thing I, I think is most important, I, I go back to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you meet a lot of people um, on your journey in cricket, some that you stay in contact some that go the other way but the most important thing about that if people are, are looking to invest or what, whatever they do is having the right people around them and, and the right people around you is not also nodding their head to everything you say it's making sure you have a plan uh, you're measuring what you do and, and not looking for the the quick fix a lot of the time as well it's you've got to play a long game depends what lifestyle you, you want to live but it can be a long game as well. So, but the one thing I'd I'd say to is do your research and have
0: really, really good people around you. I completely agree. That's (laughs) my, my experiences around it is just because they are like a really nice people and good people. That doesn't mean that they're going to be successful business people.
1: (laughs) It also doesn't mean that they have your best interests at heart either. I'm lucky. I'm we're a close family. I talk to my dad most days, so mm. he's he's got a way of telling you the right and wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, he doesn't sugarcoat it.
0: Yeah, no, it's because there are a lot of people out there who who are opportunistic, who um, are there to be able to try and you know they're happy to use other people's yep. investment to yep. be able to fund something. Um, and that's a yeah the one thing I've learned is more so when it's someone else's when it's someone else's money. Not going to care as much if they sort of blow it a little bit or you know do things instead of whether it's your own. You're, you're more careful in how you spend it, how yep. you um, grow something, and the desire to make it work as well. You can't you just tap out, tap out a little bit quicker. Good people, good people, mate. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's and that's the thing. Like so, talking about just good people quickly. Watch, if you got like a criteria around what like the people that you really trust and you you take a bit of time to be able to get to know them, but what would be a couple of characteristics that you really are looking for in in the in the people that you do trust to to have around
1: you? I, I think it's just loyalty. For, um, you, you, you gravitate to, to like-minded people no matter what what walk of life. I, I, I'm lucky. I've got a really good group of um, mates. We still get up at five each morning, go and try and enjoy a coffee to, to, together, but – and the conversations change over time, don't they? You, you talk sport and things and kids. and But the one common thing is uh, the loyalty you show to each other. And, and you see that, I think, with your close friends when you're put under pressure. We talk yeah. a lot about sport when you're put under pressure, the big moments. Like just to know that they're there, you're there for each other. Um, so I think that's
0: um, one of the big things. Hads, one thing that I've realised that life is all about how well you bounce back from setbacks that life always throws your way, and I know you and your beautiful family have certainly had your fair share as well. Um, so, do you have a mantra or a saying in your life that helps you bounce back quicker from the challenges that life always throws throws at you?
1: Uh, I think the one, not don't really have like mantras or, or things. I think the one thing that we work it, it, is your. Fam- is your family first? That that that's the the important thing for thing, making sure you're looking after each other and um and we're a close family. We um you look after each other and and I think that's as simple as, as that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I'm not, we're no different. We're making sure you, your kids are brought up the right way to, to be respectful and um yeah, it's just yeah. Well, as I said, we're a close family and, and you you like doing things to, together. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's yeah, that's as simple
0: as I get. And You talked about like even with your with your close friends as well. They're there for you, um, you know, especially in the in the down times. And there's yeah. always going to be that in life. I'm, that's just the reality of, and yeah. the, well, I suppose the beauty of life in a way is the down times make you appreciate the good times. Yeah. So um, when you talk about the, those friends being there through thick and thin, yeah, it it actually it brings you closer. you know, When. Um, you know, when down times, and you really know your true friends as well, don't you? Yeah. When, when you need some help or, you know, you need just some support there. Yeah. Um, is that something that you're obviously very conscious of just knowing that those people are around you to be, to have that support network?
1: Yeah. I, I think your support ne- network around you is important. Everyone goes through up and downs, but it's having the, the people you can turn to people you can talk to and, and probably open up a bit more um, to them than you might. Oh, I'm quite private uh, person. You you keep to yourself, so you don't look for the exposure or or, or the media attention. But it's the people around you that can keep that keep you grounded. And you know, if something happens, um, and little things, if uh, I know recently, um, our daughter was in a boot, hurt a toe, and Mm. take a little crack in the toe. But the next day, you you had a lasagna in your fridge, or Mm. or something. And your, your mate just over. So, so oh, we just thought you might need this mm. for the next couple of days while me and and it's those little moments um I think you go, yeah, you know what they're true friends when you're under pressure or
0: yeah, absolutely, and that's a that's a the power of being you know the beauty of a of human beings in general yep. is you're there to help yeah not you had you met and been around some of the most mm. successful people in the world, um who has inspired you the most and why?
1: Um, from a cricket point of view, uh, leadership-wise, I hold Ricky Ponting in, in, in the, the highest regard. You, yeah. you, you play with a heap of different leaders and you, and you pick little things out of them, but the way he got the best out of every individual, I, I've never seen another individual like that. He, the way he could talk to whether it be you or me, and he wouldn't use the same words but it all had the same meaning to get the same results mm. so he, he was the biggest the greatest leader of men I've I, I've yeah, ever seen He was the best i, I also enjoy because you know, you know the australian captains can cop a hard time mm. sometimes I, i've enjoyed punter on commentary mm. and and people get to listen to what we heard mm. for for so long <laughs> so but from a i oh, probably my father as well i'm still close to him and mm. and they they're the ones that sort of, um they you talk about your your values and things, in, and, and that's a big thing in business and sport now. But they actually don't change. I don't reckon mm. you, you, your mum and dad put those values what you um straight away, don't they? That the way you're brought up there, it's a, it's hard to change um, change that. But so yeah, I, I'm close to dad, so dad and mum. So they're probably the yeah, the biggest inspiration. And my daughter now mm-hmm. and my kids. But my daughter, mm-hmm. what she went through and how she just keeps bouncing back. Like i I look at her sometimes and just think, you shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like the the way you bounce back, the the positive attitude, it just makes you want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inspirational like, in yeah. as well.
0: The thing that you talk about with your parents and what they instill in you from yep. a young age, and there's things that you're sort of – you look back and think, "Wow, that had such a profound impact." Even as one or two th- sayings or things yeah. that you instilled to in me, and one one thing that Mum always said to me was, um, "There's always, there's always a silver lining, <laughs> right?" And you, I remember yeah. just like thinking, "Silver lining? You're talking about." But yeah. then in the end, it actually when things yeah. didn't go well, and I thought about, and I was thinking about, like, what is the reason why this happened? Can I make, can I make it? Like, can I make there be a reason for this happening? Yeah. And then it actually, what it does is just turn things into a positive, even if it's a not a good situation. Yeah. There's actually ways you can take something out of and learn from it. Yeah. And that's the thing that your parents, yeah. they like little things that they instill yeah. that's just in your DNA in the end, yeah. even even if it's not like from your genetics, it's actually yeah. in like inbuilt in your mind. Yeah. That's a power of, I suppose, and that's a beauty of being a parent um, yeah. if you can instill the right things because it lives with you forever.
1: Yeah. I, I, I reckon one's like having good people around you. Mm-hmm. You know um, when you're young, you, you have, you have people like, and your parents are watching they go, they'll just let you make that mistake. Then <laughs> you think, oh, I didn't really like him in the end. And your dad would sit down and say, well, yeah, you've seen this, but what you've got to realise you've got to be a good person. And you're sitting there listening to him walking away now and when you think about it, you go, he knew I was going to make that mistake. <laughs> but he let you do it, then he, they're there to – uh, coach it through it at the end. Yeah. So could have told me at the start, saved yeah. all the time.
0: <laughs> That's right. But when do you learn? <laughs> yeah, That's the exactly. thing about like whether it's being a coach, whether yep. it's being a parent, yep. is like the way you learn yep. individually is by making, making yep. mistakes. Yep. And, of course, you're there to support them and guide them and mentor them. But yep. then you really – like, they've got to make them – and en- like enough, yeah, and then you're there to support them and help, help them through it, yeah,
1: because and that's what you what We talked about making decisions under pressure, like bringing mm. up your kids and things. You, you just in this day and age, you just want them to, when the moment comes, mm. wh- whatever it be, the situation we'll all have got ourselves into them is that you've put the right values in them that they'll make that right decision. So, and, and if they do
0: that, it, yeah. you've, you've done your job, yeah, yeah, I agree. Final question, Hads. Cool. I really appreciate I really appreciate These are incredible insights, mate. Look, you know I love reading and yeah. uh, books and, and learning as much as I can. So can you give me a few of the best books that uh, you've read that have had the most impact on you?
1: Actually, I'll give you one I read recently. Mm. Um, I, I read a book called The Culture Code. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in, in how different teams work and how um, not just whether it be sporting teams or things. And one of the stories in there was about like a, a top, oh, um, one of the best jewellery fees in the world.
0: How- jewellery thieves, Oh, right. okay, yeah. But
1: <laughs> what I liked about it is how planned they were and how they they, they made some of the biggest heists ever, but how planned they were. And when you're in sport or things like that and your attention to detail when you're in those big events, it's not – I'm not going to go out and rub a jewelry store, <laughs> but what I liked about it yeah. – um, and you look at it in different ways. Like, And I, and I didn't want to look at it as – it's their teamwork. Yeah. It's how everything – how they work together mm-hmm. um, to get the job done. The job that they're doing, I wouldn't recommend to anyone, yeah. but the way they work together uh, was good. So oh, I've just finished that as you just finished a 14-day lockdown. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just like – um looking at things like that that make you think different. Mm. Um, like I think what happens a bit in sport, you, you have, uh, this is how you do it. And, and one of the biggest lessons you learn later, you talk to people about it and, and we've talked hours about it. then you, you walk away, you, you might have been going to and throw with something, mm. and you, you walk away and you think, I didn't even think of it like that. Mm. But that makes more sense mm. than the way I was thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and as you get older, you start to appreciate those moments more, so yeah. I just like to look at different ways to, to think about things.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why. Like, there's some some books that I've I found really fascinating. There's two, and this like Malcolm Gladwell is yep. an author that I love reading because his books because it it just pulls things from a very different perspective, yep. but it's it just simplifies things down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Like outliers, like yeah. just how something yeah, simple, like yeah. in the end, outliers for me yep. was is one of the reasons why both like Matilda, my daughter, we couldn't hold her back because she she was young for her age, so she yep. had to stay back, um, had to sort of repeat preschool. Yep. Whereas Will, we had we we could make the decision, yep. and that book Outliers is yep. one moment they talk about like hockey trials and yep. like older kids eight. in their eight. Yep. I was like, that makes so much sense. Like, yep. if I'd hadn't read that, I might have been toying and froing a little bit. Yeah. But it just doesn't there know, there's no decision. It's like, yep. that makes so much sense. 100%.
1: I've, I've read that as well. <laughs> yeah. And what I like about that as well with your kids now, and you can you get it because uh, the environment we lived in, say your kids start cricket and you have fathers go up, oh, what would you do if you didn't want to play cricket? Do you mm. coach in this? Mm. And you go, mate, all I'm doing is if he comes to me tomorrow and says, I've had enough, mm. all you got to do is play a team sport, I'm or. Um, or involved in something to, to keep stimulating. Mm. But yeah, I, I agree. It's when you read those things, what you, you think back and what I sometimes don't like about it, you read it and you start going over your career yeah. and you go, yeah. bugger. Yeah. If I hadn't simplified that like she's <laughs> I would have been a great <laughs> yeah. like you think but, <laughs> but yeah. some some of those things also I think what are really good is it reaffirms what you're thinking. Because mm. sometimes yeah. you read these books and you go Oh, I'm looking for the big grand plan, but some you, you read through and you go, "Hang on a minute, I'm not going mad." Mm. <laughs> like I, I have got things in the in, in the right order. So yeah. some, like when you do uh, educating yourself that way, it's also good to not just look at the worst case, but mm. uh, hang on a minute, take a time to reflect to say, "Hang on a minute, I, I am on the right track." Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that's a beauty of. Gosh, all this yeah. information, great information and yeah. knowledge that's out there that I just I can't, just love tapping into. Yeah. Well, Hads, this has been super special to have had you on this episode of Lessons Learned with the Greats. Um, it was so cool to have seen you grow as a person and as a cricketer um, as we went on this crazily similar journey together. <laughs> <laughs> and now it has been super special to hear all of these amazing insights that we all can learn from for the future. Thank you so much for sharing all these incredible experiences with us and we are that much richer for digging deeper <laughs> into the minds of the greats of world cricket. Nah, I'm Thanks, glad you're buddy. doing
1: well. Thanks, what?
0: For more episodes of Lessons Learned with the Greats, head to t20stars.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.